Welcome. On Behind the API, we talk to people who work to build awesome API products about their journey, learnings, and their overall approach. On today's session for Behind the API, we're joined with Brendan, currently product leader at Zeus Health, formerly at Redox. And Brendan also authors the API guide, wait, Health API Guide blog. So we'll have a lot to jump into today. So to start us off, Brendan, what is going on at Zeus Health and why does it have you excited? Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I work over at Zeus Health. Zeus Health is a, a digital health infrastructure platform. Um, we're API first, hence uh, the Health API guy, but also why I'm on this, uh, this call with you. Um, and we're aimed at the, to help the virtual first care explosion. So in healthcare, historically, if you're making products, you're making software, you're selling SaaS to the hospitals or clinics. Um, and if you were making anything else that was services heavy, you couldn't really raise money. Uh, we've seen a dramatic shift in really turning that on its head uh, due to a couple of things. First, the, the tailwinds of the pandemic have come in. They first they forced people to engage in healthcare in different ways, virtually, uh, primarily. And what's that? What's that meant? Is is that um, the premise of starting a digital provider organization, an organization where you employ providers, you provide services typically first over virtual, perhaps with some brick and mortar presence is no longer this crazy idea. And so we see funding from venture capital explode over the past two and a half years, three years. Um, what those groups need, just like neobanks and FinTech needed a different set of infrastructure than traditional banks, they need new infrastructure. And Zeus provides that. We provide API first infrastructure, um, to help these virtual care organizations succeed. So that's why we're here and that's why we exist. Um, there's a lot more nuance and detail, but uh, that's the high level. Well, I'm excited to jump in to learn more about APIs in healthcare. And I totally see the connection uh, with the, the FinTech infrastructure comparison, um, having spent a lot of time in FinTech. But jumping back a little bit uh, into a shared background, I don't know if you know this, but uh, my first job was actually at a healthcare monolith. I worked at Cerner. Um, <laughs> and did user experience at Cerner back in the day and was learning about the future of healthcare. And I know in your background, you have spent some time at Cerner's biggest competitor and some would say better uh, solution um, back in the day. Now Zeus is on that, you know, working to take that down, but you worked at Epic. So you want to just give us a little bit of the backstory about how you got into API product management, almost probably accidentally, um, and, you know, where it's kind of taken you uh, starting with Epic and kind of all the way coming over to Zeus. For sure. Yeah, I was, that, that's crazy. I had no idea you were over at Cerner. So yeah, we worked at the two baddies of you know, the electronic health records in, in healthcare, Cerner and Epic. Um, uh, and yeah, Epic was my first job out of college. I was working on interfaces. So the pre-API way of connecting EDI, um, gross messages that are you know piped over TCP IP. So just pre-internet era ways of communicating data. Um, I did that for a while. I, I was working domestically. I moved abroad to the Netherlands and did, did the same thing over there. But, uh, you know, being the 25-year-old over in the Netherlands, Epic decided, say, hey, Brendan, you're the only guy we got. Why don't you go deal with the Dutch government, deal with national interoperability. Um, so got to work a lot more on the strategic level, bring back the requirements about e-prescribing, about um, national data exchange between hospitals and bring that back to our engineers at Epic. So start to get a flavor of 
um, you know, that product management um, style rather than more like an implementation style job um, and really liked it. So after leaving the Netherlands, four years over there, um, moved back, moved to San Francisco, was looking for a job, got a job at Redox. Uh, Redox is a healthcare data company, an API company, first and foremost, that helps applications that sell to hospitals, connects across EHRs. Um, I didn't start in product management there. They didn't have product really built out as a huge function, but they said, as we do, we can help bring you over. So I was, I was a solutions engineer. And then as they built out product management, they were good to their word. And I got to jump over and build some cool products there. Um, and then moved over to Zeus, uh, was writing the health API guy uh, newsletter, was introduced by some people who were reading. They said, hey, these themes you're writing about, about virtual first care, about infrastructure, that's headless in nature, that's API, open APIs. Um, this is what Zeus purports to offer. So why don't you talk to some of the leaders over there? And once I did, I, you know, they, I was enthused. I wanted to run through walls and uh, just, you know, jumped over to work at Zeus and have been uh, there ever since. That's a, it's a great journey. And I, I think that it's a, it's a good story as well on how if you're passionate about something, you know, creating that blog could lead you to other people that are passionate about what you care about, like you know, Zeus and kind of having that headless infrastructure. Now, one thing that I feel like you could help me understand and others is that if you are not in healthcare APIs and you're like, you know what, I'm going to make a startup and I'm going to go launch something and you just Google around and you find the fire API framework, what are the shortcomings of the fire API framework can maybe describe what it is to where it's maybe not as ubiquitous as like the end all be all for like all things healthcare. Yeah, no, I can fire is dominate the scene with the growth of APIs 2012, you know, JSON gets hot and healthcare wasn't that laggy, right? Like uh, the leaders of the fire community, Graham Grieve and others, they jumped in and said, let's make, let's, put aside all the work we've done for connectivity, standards-based connectivity, and move on to this API, the promise of the API economy. And that's been huge. You know, that's been um, tremendous because the benefits of an internet layer uh, enabled way of connecting rather than these ancient pipes of HL7 um, gives you all the benefits of easier onboarding when done right, gives you all the benefits of, um, you know, more standardized uh, tooling and better tooling that you can just use out of the box. Um, the drawbacks, however, are that because healthcare has 45 or 35 years of history, of connectivity history, ranging from flat files and X12 and EDI and, you know, XML documents, um, there's a disparate landscape. So you, you come into healthcare and you say, wait, there's this beautiful, well-architected fire API. Yes, I can go and use this and build my application. And then you go and you go to your first health system or your, you know, your second health system. And they're like, nah, we're not playing with that yet. You have to go and use this other gross stuff. So it's an incredibly varied ecosystem. And I've, I've lobbied on Twitter and, and other things saying, saying we need to deprecate, like forcibly deprecate these older standards because otherwise the, the cognitive load of the different things you need to do just to connect to all the people you might want to interact with is, is tremendous. So that's one of the big ones. Um, I think the other to get like really in the details is like fire is restful. The restful API you query retrieve uh, and the historic ways of connecting were very 
not pub sub, but like broadcast. And there's distinct advantages to those models. So I think the next evolution of fire will, will include web hooks and pub sub and those sorts of mechanisms, because there's very, instead of polling all the time to get certain resources or to look for search for updates, there's efficiencies that can be had from a, a pub sub or, or web, uh, web hook model. Um, but that one's way more in the details. So I don't know. Um, no, that's, that, no, that's, that's legit. Um, now, with the work that you've been doing and kind of just looking at healthcare APIs in general, um, you know, and I was looking at a new healthcare API this morning called like Credibility OS. And the first thing that I want to do whenever I see a new company, you know, talking about how they're going to solve all the problems of healthcare via infrastructure is I want to go in and see the docs. And I want to go in and get the developer experience. And you know, Astral, we just, we always care about developer experience. You know, how can you get people to, value your API, learn it quickly and implement it. And so when you're looking at an API partner or even just an offering, what are some of the red flags for you in the presentation of that product or the developer experience where you're like, mm, this is incredible or this has a long way to go? Like, What are some of the things that are just like red flag, you're going to get dinged by uh, API health guy? Uh, I mean... If you don't have docs or your docs are a PDF, like what's going on? You're done. Like, you, you're you know, out. You're, it's, it's just like, um, like the buckle up, we're in for a ride, you know? Um, but you know, most have evolved and they have something beyond that. So like, then you have password protected, like non-open docs. It's like, what are you hiding? You know, why are you, why do you need a password to get in here to see APIs? Like they should be safe. Their security should be baked in in another way that you don't need to password protected. And if you're not, really doing some like limited beta, which should be pretty time boxed, what's going on. Uh, so I think that's another one. Um, and then shitty onboarding flows. Like if I have to like bend over backwards, go through 15 different steps to onboard, to get an API key, to get a jot, to do X, Y, and Z, just to make my first API call, my time to value to try, the, like my problem to be solved is never let me get my um, account or let me get my auth token. It's like, let me try this API that purports to offer a function that makes my life easier if I can plug it in. And if I can't get the time to value to test that out in a certain amount, I, I'm going to walk away and there's going to be churn. So I think lots of, you know, lots of API companies build their own, build their sweet docs, these beautiful docs, and they build nice little open API spec and they all have all, it looks like they have all the mechanisms, but the actual time it takes me is like four hours to go and play. And like, that's, that's costing them. And like, that's a little harder to tease out than the no documentation or, you know, password protected. Yeah. I mean, so that, so you had mentioned like even just some of the core, the basics, like, Hey, if you want to even take my time, you have to do the basics. Now, what are some delighters that like, if you want to, you know, really be legit, you know, what can someone do to kind of add just a little bit level um, of improvement there? Yeah, I mean, it's the converse of that last one, right? Like superlative onboarding that just like guides me seamlessly to testing first simply, but then, you know, first these simple concepts, but then the more complex functions uh, is, is huge. And I think like things like testing in the browser or in the documentation, um, that when it, I can just click, click, give me an account, click, click, send my first request, all in the docs or all in browser is is tremendous rather than, 
fork a postman collection, get my API key. You know, again, there's friction there. Um, after that, those, those initial steps, I think like things like SDKs, sample apps, like all that, like I'm not the developer, I'm a PM, but like I still think that those things are tremendous to show the use cases or show or just plug something in and play with it. Um, yeah, and I think intuitive flows to documentation that show the API progression, right? Like all APIs have a, have a range of users and new users have been Googling and they're saying like, let me solve this function. Let me send a payment, right? Like you're talking Stripe. And for those users, you need to make it quick and easy to do that simple function. But the more advanced users, they want more control. They want more complexity. They want to be closer to the wire. So you have this range of users that you need to service and to build your docs in the right way to, and all of your tooling and all your APIs to be able to, to, you know, to serve that spectrum is really, really difficult. But when done right, it's like magical. Yeah, so speaking of companies doing it right, who are some like healthcare API companies that are just crushing it in your point of view? Sure, yeah, I think Ribbon Health, they're a provider data management API company is a great one. Axel Health is an API company that uh, allows for like, okay, let me shoot off a request and send home care to a, a patient. Um, Zeus obviously is pretty cool, I would say. Best in class, uh, <laughs> you know, all, all the best people work there. For sure, for sure. Um, Truepill is a pharmacy, like they've just built a pharmacy and then just built APIs around, like to surround it. So the way of engaging is not e-prescriptions over these old this old network. It's actually utilizing their APIs typically, and they can do a lot of cool, cool things that way. Um, beyond that, like halfway any EHR with like a halfway decent, easy to use API, Alation Health, we we plugged into them. We got live in like two weeks. It's insane for an EHR API. Like that's just absolutely preposterous. So like props to them. Canvas Medical, uh, Healthy. It's uh, they're all EHR companies that are you know typically aimed at these digital, uh, digitally native, virtual first care organizations. Yeah, they whenever that's ha halfway decent, it's usable. Just a pleasure because it's been so painful historically. <laughs> I, I noticed that you know you're saying those EHRs have halfway decent APIs. That means that then we. The EHRs are not mentioning like Athena and Sura and Epic. You have a little opportunity for improvement. Those are, I mean, those, even those are like, have come a long way and like Epic now has this whole app ecosystem, but like, man, like, like JSON with XML bodies buried inside of it, like just authentication that, you know, you show to your chief security officer and they just like run out of the building screaming. Like it's, it's, it gets bad on the long tail of the EHRs. Let me tell you, I've seen the dark side. Now, you know, just kind of as a side note, um, you know, healthcare API guy blog, dropping hot takes. Um, one, you know, what has been like one of your most popular topics that you really see your audience engaging with? And then two, you know, if somebody wanted to launch their own blog or even just platform, you know, what are some, you know, hacks or starter, starter tips you'd have for them? Yeah, uh, by far the most popular article I've ever written was this headless EHR concept. I wrote about the rise of virtual first care. They need, they don't want to use just a monolith EHR. So they need to build on top of it. They need an EHR for compliance and other reasons, just also to just like pick and choose their battles when building, but they want to build innovative solutions. So they need, you know, there's the idea of a, a headless CMS historically for content management. 
copy paste that to the EHR world. And that's one possible outcome that we get to where we need to be. And there's some other ones in that article. That one has is like double or triple everything else I've written. Uh, but another one was on like scheduling and the challenges of scheduling and why there's no open table uh, in healthcare. So comboed that with uh, Jan Felix Schneider, who's a really smart dude. And that one's been popping. Um, in terms of like writing, I think number one is just like, go do it, like make time for it. Just go put pen to paper and write something. It's like put people in the, the 1% period, like of, of people who write because most people never, never try or never do. I think beyond that, uh, Twitter is it a way to find a voice, find an audience, start just like engaging and meeting cool people. So like a low, if you're like, I don't want to go write long form, just go write tweets and like engage and respond to people and self-select you into like a, a, an area of Twitter where, um, yeah, it's a good community once you, once you find your way in there. Uh, and likewise, finding the right Slack communities. There's good health tech Slack communities, for instance, like health tech nerds. There's good FinTech Slack communities like Finnovation, where I think we met or we like your product. Yeah, yeah. So like, I think those are really great for knowledge sharing, for finding editors, for collaborative writing. Like the, the scheduling one I just mentioned was through meeting Jan Felix through one of these Slack communities. So yeah. Uh, just go out and write it. Don't be perfect. Have a voice and don't try and be tactful. Like say what you really think and find and say it in a way that's unique. Um, but uh, the worst thing to do is to try and perfect it and never get done, which I'm just as guilty as anyone. It's been two months since I wrote something. So <laughs> yeah, well, transition back to Britain, the product manager, um, you know, whenever you're doing your gig at Zeus uh, or like any other projects, what are like two tools or vendors uh, that you personally love that you feel like help accelerate uh, your API product management? I think README is like, you need a doc tool, right? And like you have your open API, everyone's generating open API, the artist formerly known as Swagger, and you need to host it somewhere and automatically generate a bunch of like, you know, like beautiful looking things. Readme.io is quickly becoming one of the big, two or three that people use like swagger hub is like, I see that. I'm like, Oof, uh Oh, abort. Like something that somebody, somebody needs to get with the, the, the 2020s. Um, yeah. So like that one's good. And they keep like, you know, buffing it out. I think your guy's product is really good. And like, is it servicing an, an early need in the API that onboarding experience? Um, and then postman, like postman is just like a must in terms of playing with APIs um and accelerating api adoption that's awesome you know i often um to to start to create something i have to go find some inspirations and i feel like uh yes you can go to stripe and be inspired by stripe but for you you know when you're kind of going next level or looking for other artists what are two different api product companies where you're like i just love to go look at their stuff yeah good question yeah and you know what a lot of those fintech APIs that everyone points to, you go and look and you're like, hmm, you're using like username and password in the header for your like security. And I'm like, I don't like that. So I don't, so, so in healthcare, at least we use, we try and have a little bit better security standards in some of those fintech APIs. But uh, on the fintech front, I'm really a big fan of modern treasury. Um, they're like doing like ledger type stuff, like integrating to banks. Um, really cool, com really cool company, really cool team. And um, yeah, just a good API company. Uh, also thought leadership. Um, 
And then Noyo is a uh, insurance. Uh, so they help um, benefit management systems like Gusto or somebody connect to all their insurance partners. And that again, like previously in, in another era was done with like flat files and you know SFTP and all this gross transfer. And now it's this beautiful little network they've they've built between both sides of the um, the insurance carriers and also these benefit platforms and their, their teams like lights out. Awesome. So I think both of those come to mind as two that I often think about and like go look through their website and be like, Hmm, what jobs are open? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, This is really awesome. Just kind of one last piece that I wanted to get your feedback on is thinking a little bit about mentorship or um, as a product manager might be transitioning more into API product management or someone even you know, starting in this space a little bit like how you accidentally happened upon um, this kind of niche, but awesome space, field. As you are working at Zeus, what do you think you learned about yourself um, at Redox that like you would communicate as not necessarily wisdom, but just like an interesting guidance on you know ways to accelerate your learning or to become more proficient and being a product manager of API is in less like a mobile app or something that's more traditionally thought. Yeah. I mean, I think like you product managers come from every direction, right? Like they come from the technical side, they come from the business side, they come from customer success side. Um, and when it comes to API product management, it's, it's pretty technical. And like the, you, the, to understand that persona, I think you have to get a little dirty with it. You have to get into Postman and like understand how the developer user uses that tool and like the other common tools. So you don't have to be fully technical. I don't, I think that's a a fallacy too, but like you do have to probably do some things like stretch some muscles that you may, you may not have if you're not technical. And I think doing that, getting some reps there gives you an empathy for that persona that you're trying to help, which is the PM and the developer of these these companies you're trying to sell to. So I think that's, that's the, the best thing to do to get, to get your hands dirty a bit, to really build empathy. Just like if you were building a consumer facing thing, you'd go and do interview a bunch of consumers and say like, how do you interact with this app? It's like, all right, like, let me go do it. Or let me go watch. Maybe, maybe you're not comfortable with that. Maybe you have your engineer go and run through the paces and you'd watch and screen share and stuff like that's also acceptable. Although I don't know, I, I say, go, just go do it. Wow. That's really great advice. Brennan, thank you for being uh, on the podcast today. Um, definitely a lot of excellent takeaways, especially um, in the movement and infrastructure of healthcare APIs, which now I'm actually a lot more interested in being so biased on fintech. So really appreciate you joining us today and uh, looking forward uh, to future conversations to come. Likewise, Kirby. Thanks a lot for having me on.